Hey, everybody. Before we get into the podcast for this week, I just wanted to give you a quick heads up that this is a pretty pretty long episode. Uh, it's about an hour long. It's our Super Bowl show that we try to do every year, and uh, we tried to include some topics beforehand as well, which kind of drug out the show. So if you want to hear the Super Bowl stuff, just jump to about the half hour point. And if you want to skip the Super Bowl stuff, you can uh, stop right about that time. So on with the show. Hey, welcome to the Eric and Healthcare Marketing Bastards podcast for the week of February 13, 2012. This is episode 138. This is one of our biggest podcasts of the year. <laughs> Most anticipated. Mostly anticipated. Most anticipated. Mostly. <laughs> Sorry, I lost my... What he lost, said. I lost my, my microphone. I'm so excited. This is Chris <laughs> Bevelo, president of Interval. We are the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. And with me today are my co-hosts. Jackie Ritako, account coordinator with Interval. And Adam Meyer, creative director at Interval. You guys ready for a big show? It's going to be a really big shoe. A really big it's shoe. It's going to be a sure, huge show. We used to say that. Was it's that? our number one most anticipated, most followed, most commented show <laughs> every year. It's the Super Bowl advertising review show. That's be- and that's because, Is it really? That's because we had one comment on it one year. There you go again. Which made it our most commented episode ever. <laughs> Funny. Now Adam's the negative Nancy, not yeah, me. Yeah, what's up with that? Oh, come on. Everybody rips on their own show. You watch like Conan O'Brien or Leno or whatever. They're all ripping on their own network yeah. or their own show. It's all in good humor. Who's it's playing with chiclets? I hear somebody playing with chiclets in the background. Is that you, Jackie? I wish. You might just hear it through GoToMeeting. It's probably not on the actual audio. No, I know. I don't care about the actual audio. I care about my ears. <laughs> chiclets? Is it your, are you dangling? Are you dangling something? Yeah, that's it. That's it. We've discovered it. Thank God for video. Because you just got some obnoxious sounds going on. Oh, your computer. Luckily, you all can't hear it. Your headset mic is rubbing on your uh, shirt. Rubbing Rubbing up on my collar. All right. Your business. Well, we have so much to cover with our Super Bowl coverage that uh, we better get to it. But before we do that, we want to pull people through some healthcare marketing news. Ready? Yep. Because there's some interesting, interesting things in the news. We won't spend too much time on these. But first, in our own market here in the Twin Cities, uh, Alina, which is the largest system in the state of Minnesota, largest provider system, Alina Hospitals and Clinics, has announced they are changing their name to Alina Health, which uh, they're changing it to reflect a new mission that shifts the emphasis away from places we go when we're sick and on to disease prevention and personal vitality. So they're 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 grabbing that wellness brass ring and running with so it. They essentially just drop system. No, they were a line of hospitals and clinics. Oh, I thought they were a line of health system. That's what I thought too. <clears throat> no. And the the CEO said we're never going to build another hospital. He stated unequivocally as he spoke to a packed house at the University of Minnesota's McNamara Alumni Center on Tuesday. So obviously this is in, in uh, response to reform and how healthcare systems are going to be charged with 
uh, you know, people's health, not just helping them when they're sick or injured. So they're Mm -hmm. trying to reflect that shift in a name change, which I think, you know, is a smart thing, assuming the rest of it follows, which I'm assuming it would. Well, as we Mm -hmm. all know, it's pretty, it's damn near impossible to build a hospital in Minnesota. I wonder if you would apply that same mentality to buying hospitals. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they just built a hospital two or three years ago down in Mankato. Well, maybe so they I have done re- it recently. Rephrase the Twin Cities metro area. It seems to be pretty darn difficult to get yeah. the approval from state legislature to build a hospital. Right, right. Um, but I think his I think his point, and that's fair, Adam. But I think his point is the la- we don't need more hospitals. We need other ways to treat and serve people, not just treat them but keep them healthy. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's inspire. It's an inspiring effort. I just it'll be interesting to see how it pans out. Um, you see a lot of yeah. companies attempt to change their name every once in a while in hopes that people will think about them differently. Uh, I, I mean, it doesn't look like in this case, I don't think Alina is doing it to, to get past some tarnished image. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they sound like they're genuinely doing it because they want to be thought of differently and they're going to act and behave differently in the community right. um, in terms of you know, how they interact with people and how they show up. Uh, and that's awesome. Uh, but we'll just have to see. I'm, I'm always skeptical with things like this because you just see over and over and over people claiming they want to reinvent themselves, but then there's, it's just the same old, you know, once when the rubber really meets the road. So I hope it's real and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I think the way we think about name changes are, you know, one of the valid reasons is if your name starts to become an obstacle to people valuing you in the right way. A classic example of that would be, uh, let's say, a health system that's named, I'll just make this up, um, Johnson County Medical Center, uh, but grows to serve you know a region greater than Johnson County, so a whole state or whatever. Mm-hmm. That name is going to inhibit their ability to grow to meet their vision. So I would put this in the same category that if a line is serious about changing their vision and strategy to become more holistic and uh, in how they approach healthcare, then having a name, you know, having the name that you guys thought they had, Alina Health System, would have been okay. Mm-hmm. But Alina Hospitals and Clinics is pretty clear what that's supposed to be about. So it just makes it harder to kind of demonstrate that you are about more. So, but to your point, Adam, they need to to demonstrate it. But I'm guessing they are because it's not, you know, that's where the whole industry is going. So. So anyway, yeah, no, just interesting. Yeah, I think it's I think it's inspirational. So I just yeah, it'll be interesting to see yeah. um, how they show up. It'd be great for them to be a, a, you know show up as a role model for the right way to do it. Um, and it sounds like that's the direction they want to go. So it'll be it'll be fun to watch them go. Yeah. All right, news item number two. This is one of my favorite <laughs> kind of news items. This is a news item that we see about once a year, at least we catch on once a year. So two years ago, it was an NPR story, National Public Radio. Uh, Last year, it was an ad age story. This year, it's a story in uh, USA Today. And, oh, I'm sorry, I skipped ahead. Well, we'll go with this one first. So... (laughs) (laughs) So... What what these stories have in common is they are mainstream media who discover hospital marketing for the first time and act like they've uncovered something either completely <laughs> odd or mysterious or you know like they've <laughs> they've scooped they've they've just broken through with this scoop that nobody else knows about right so 
the one last year on Ad Age was was quite funny because it was trying to tie everything to reform uh, and talking about things that had gone on for decades. Uh, so it totally missed the boat. So this is kind of the same thing. This is a, a story called Hospitals Mind Patient Records in Search of Customers. Uh, we'll post a link to it, but uh, it, here's how it started. It kind of tells the story of a guy who lives in Joliet, Illinois, who received a direct mailing from their local hospital uh, about lung scans. <clears throat> and it says, Provena didn't send the mailing to everyone who lived near the hospital, just those who had a stronger likelihood of having smoked based on their age, income, insurance status, and other demographic criteria. The nonprofit facility is... Okay, in each case, I'm going to try to point out the funny part. The nonprofit facility is one of a growing number of hospitals using their patient health and financial records to help pitch their most lucrative services, such as cancer, heart, and orthopedic care. They are also buying detailed information about local residents compiled by consumer marketing firms, everything from age, income, and marital status to shopping habits and whether residents have children or pets. So this is being pitched as a news story. They're one of a growing number of hospitals that are <laughs> targeting people, basically, is what this is about. It just makes me laugh. Earth-shattering. It's earth-shattering. I know from, um, you know, and then it, it uses the trap that we've read about before where somebody uh, at Provena spoke at a conference, uh, and they used that quote like they're, you know, the insider industry at an industry conference last year, Provena Health Marketing Executive Lisa Lager said such efforts had helped attract higher-paying patients, including those covered by, quote, profitable Blue Cross and less Medicare, unquote. <clears throat> so again, it's like a 60 Minutes expose. <laughs> While the strategies are increasing revenues, they are drawing fire from patient advocates and privacy groups who criticize the hospitals for using private medical records to pursue profits. Profits. Doug Heller, executive director of Consumer Watchdog, a California-based consumer advocacy group, says he is bothered by efforts to cherry-pick the best-paying patients. When marketing is picking and choosing based on people's financial status, it is inherently discriminating against patients who have every right and need for medical information. What do we think? Yeah, well... I mean, first, obviously, this kind of stuff is, I mean, it's news to the general public. It's not news to us. I mean, I, I know I get into these conversations yeah. with, with friends who, you know, whether the whether the to, to, the conversation has gone political and we're talking about, uh, you know, health insurance or whatever. Um, it, it seems that a lot of the people who I get into conversations with, you know, they they don't look at hospitals as businesses and we do because right. they are, I mean, they're, they, mm -hmm. they make money. They have staff that has to be paid. They need to have, they need to be, they need to be profitable. They are businesses like it or not. They are businesses and they have to be run like businesses on many levels. Um, now of course they're nonprofits. Um, so that puts them into a one whole, you know, separate category from the likes of, you know, Google and Amazon, who they were kind of compared to. I didn't agree with that comparison in this article. Um, cause I, I don't necessarily think it's relevant. Let me find the quote here. Um, this is the quote and what leads up to it. I'm, I, I pulled it out, but it says, they say hospitals are adopting strategies used for decades by the retail travel and communications industries, which have flourished with the growth of online companies such as Amazon and Google. For example, buy a book on Amazon and it will suggest a title with a similar subject. Search for information on Alaskan vacations in Google and an ad pops up for a cruise line. Now, I don't think it's a good comparison because I think there's a a massive difference in what we as 
consumers assume is going to be done with our information when we're giving it to these entities, whether it is Amazon or Google versus a hospital. Because, you know, when you give your information to a hospital, you're in a weird you're in a, you're in you're not in the same state or the same mindset or the same zone that you're in when you're giving this information to Amazon or Google you know and then you're mm-hmm. shopping it's all about oh it's my information i know it's part of the shopping experience it's all about marketing and and, and advertising um when you're giving your your insur- your information to a i can only see your hands right now <laughs> chris when you're giving your information yeah. to a um hospital you you know you're often in somewhat of a vulnerable state you're already you know potentially confused because something's wrong with you uh you're overwhelmed with paperwork even if there was like some box somewhere that you could check to say i give you permission to use this for marketing you probably would maybe just check it because you assumed you were supposed to or you wouldn't have read into what i mean it's it's such a different mindset when you're giving the information and how you expect it to be used that it's certainly not surprising that you know, when somebody uncovers this again, um, that there's an uproar about it. Uh, Mm -hmm. you know, to me, it still feels even kind of gross. I mean, I I think about myself and, you know, filling out paperwork every time you go in for some little thing and thinking about, you know, why are you getting, why are you getting this information about me? Is it, is it genuinely to to help me? If you're going to use it to communicate with me in the future, is it genuinely because you're interested in helping me? And the betterment of society, or is it just because it's going to affect your bottom line and you're going to get me in for some test I don't even need? Well, why do those two have to be separate? I mean, I think that's, of course, you don't want to be driving people in for unnecessary care. That's a big part of our overall problem. Well, I don't know if, I don't know if of course, is the right way to preface that. I think some people, I think it's the goal of many organizations to drive people in for unnecessary care. I doubt that would be a stated goal. I would be surprised if it's not a, oh, I shouldn't say many. I I probably preface that wrong. I don't even say it's the goal of many organizations, but I certainly think that even if it's not a spoken goal, it ends up being a goal for some, unfortunately. Right. But I I think the point is that if, if you're, if those two can be the same, I mean, somebody who comes in with diabetes, if you want to follow up with them on heart disease, that's both to help them with their health and may help your bottom line. I mean, that's what the business is, is to help mm-hmm. people with their care. Uh, but, but there's the other side of this, which is the idea that most of this stuff is done by culling information from the market. It's, it's not just using patient information. In fact, most of it is right. uh, no, and using that's fine. public information. Uh, right. And that's, and that's part of what, you know, these folks are, are getting, kind of up in arms again this guy's saying that it's discriminating to go after people because they can they have better insurance and there's some great defense in this article you test Niehaus from St. Anthony's in St. Louis you know it says here it makes no apologies for going after the most lucrative business we're here to serve everybody but we market for good paying patients because it preserves our ability to serve everyone which is absolutely true yeah. that's yeah, the I system. argue with that my argument really is against the pure probably not the, the the lack of disclosure with how your information might be used if you're mm-hmm. when you're giving it to a hospital and it's not but that's HIPAA covers that right i mean we're assuming HIPAA covers that it may not cover it in a way that we like but it does right well it addresses a, that very problem but one of the points of this article is that whole culling of your of your database of the records that you have on file right i mean that's kind of the that was right. the title of the article so it's not just about going out and buying buying a mailing list from some crm company or whatever it's it's also about 
tapping into information that was given to you and then how you're, yes. how you're willingly given to you by people who didn't necessarily think it was going to be used for marketing purposes. And then, right. But if you're HIPAA compliant, then you shouldn't have any problems. If you're using the information following HIPAA rules, which allows for opt-in and all that stuff, then this really is a moot point. If you're breaking HIPAA code, then yeah, then yeah, that's a problem. No, I, but I, that's I, what HIPAA's in place for. I agree. I just I just question the whole opt-in thing. I mean, I, I can't say that my information's ever been used against me, so I can't really use myself as an example, right? And, and I use, when I say against me, I, I put air <laughs> quotes air quotes in, in that because I it's probably the wrong way to to, to phrase it. Um, but like, I, I don't remember ever seeing like a when I'm giving my information a box anywhere that I'm checking that says I I authorize you to use this. I mean, have you? Do you recall seeing that anywhere? Maybe it's there, and I just yeah, haven't seen absolutely. it. Absolutely, I don't think I've ever checked it. I've never said yes. You can use my information for marketing purposes or whatever. Well, they don't put it that way. They say <laughs> we can use your information to follow up with you and communicate with you. So yeah, I guess that's okay. Seems so a little... I guess I'm wrong. I thought this was like a, a tempest in a teapot, a mountain in a molehill, but it sounds like Adam, you think that there's legitimate concerns here. No, but the concerns are, I think are, are by people who don't, I mean, this, these concerns are being brought up by people who don't do this every day. Like we do. I mean, for me, it's not a right. concern. It's nothing yeah. new, but it's not at all surprising that people are, that are, are shocked by it because for most yes. people it is new and, and they don't think about it. And to, I mean, what I'm trying to express is that it is not clear that the follow-up is going to be postcards about something that was that like if you came in for like to your point earlier your heart care but you but they're following up with you on diabetes yes maybe they're related and because you had one thing you're at a higher risk for something else but i, I just don't know that people think about it that way when they're giving over their information mm-hmm. so that's okay. why that's why it continues to come up over and over again well i guess what i revolt against are the mainstream media trying to tell this story and not tell it accurately or completely. So that's what I laugh about well, in this story. That's, so that's kind of 99% of stories that are in the mainstream. No, media I know. Too, I know. But when you get into something that, you know, intimately, you can just yeah. pick apart oh, totally. like, all the different things. Yep. So here's an example, you know, um, much of the expertise for such campaigns is provided by three consulting firms, CPM marketing, MedSeq and Thomson Reuters. So that's just like, <laughs> they're making it seem like there's this triumvirate of evil, <laughs> you know, whatever. And it's like, well, first of all, there's probably 300, not three. Um, and then here's the other thing. This is just the stuff that is to both of our points, Adam, but hospital officials such as Denise um, Boudouin, I think I'm pronouncing that right, of Detroit Henry Ford, Henry Ford Health System, say what they do is legal and that's a sophisticated targeting approach called, in quotes, customer relationship marketing, unquote, <laughs> simply helps them deliver information that most to those most likely to use it. So it, it is kind of like mainstream media trying to understand something, but I think it's more they smell a, they smell a potential sensationalist kind of thing right. and are trying to blow it out of proportion because yeah, well, it even wraps up do. by the, the story wraps up by the guy who received the, the postcard um, saying, you know, it's a good thing I got it because I went in and had a test and I can't remember what it, what he ended up saying, but um, in hindsight, I'm glad I had the test. 
So in the end, you don't even have an outraged person. I mean, it's almost like <laughs> the reporter's neighbor had this happen. He's like, wow, there's right, a story there. Right. Can I use you? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. so well, I'd love to hear what other people think about that. But I saw it bouncing around Twitter. Um, and, you know, somebody who I know in Twitter tried to leave a comment on USA Today's site saying something like, you know, this this is not news. This goes on all the time. It's not illegal. It's not even inappropriate, blah, 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 blah. And then somebody later down said, fine, just send me all your medical records and see how you feel about it. So like there's a perception <laughs> that, you know, that people's medical records are being sent out to these CRM vendors or to somebody like us even. No, there was a point uh, in the article. They're though. not. Well, the article said that they they were so i guess it depends no, on it where it doesn't say their medical records are sent out it says that if you are if you have access to patient data you have to sign a non-disclosure form right, but what's the patient what's the patient data i mean usually almost 100 percent of the time it's name it's the contact information like if you're using a crm company you may give them access to that stuff that's true but it's usually that's protected it's not like it's being sent out to willy-nilly to people no no but i mean even, even going to anyone i mean you like so to the point earlier, it's like if, if you sign, you fill out those forms, you had never, you know, you didn't know that it was going to be going someplace else to some CRM, to some vent, some marketing CRM vendor somewhere. I mean, you didn't know that. It's not, it's certainly, that, it certainly isn't okay. clear. And, I, and I'm not, I'm not saying that's bad. You know, if ultimately it ends up saving your life, like it might have for this guy, that could be a good thing. I think the problem still is just the clarity and how it's being used and people not knowing. Okay. I mean, well, let's move on to the last one. Those are the people who um, lose these lists by some moron leaving their <laughs> laptop in a hotel room that gets stolen, and all of a sudden, all that stuff is out in the public. So, yeah, but that's usually the healthcare people doing that, not the vendors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, so the last one is um, another kind of interesting news nugget: Procter and Gamble to lay off sixteen hundred after discovering it's free to advertise on Facebook. Which <laughs> that headline doesn't even make sense, does it? Sure, it does. They're laying off all their it's marketing. It's free to advertise on Facebook? It's not free to advertise well, on Facebook. Well, it's not free. It's next yeah. to free, I guess, considering, well, well, I guess. I mean, it depends on how you define, I mean, straight-up advertising. <laughs> Adam, like, you're just going to argue everything today, aren't you? <laughs> no, I mean, it depends on how do they define advertising. And I mean, I read the article, but I read it back when you originally linked it. I mean, if, if right. by advertising you mean placing an ad in the sidebar of Facebook um, that meets some demographics of you know people you're trying to – yeah, that's advertising. But if, if what they right. mean is social media – and the power of word of mouth just by you know people sharing their experiences, if that's what they're con- considering advertising, then, yeah, it's free to advertise on those places. So yeah, they're the saying thing it's I'm, on if Facebook. we're really going to battle this, Adam, advertising by definition is paid. No, I'm saying what is their definition? What are they talking about? If they clearly <laughs> defined it, then yeah. That's what <laughs> no, I'm saying. I'm just saying it's, it's, it's I'm not trying to redefine advertising here. <laughs> no, but that's why the headline's wrong. It's not free to advertise. It's free to promote yourself. Well, let's get into the article then. What are they? I mean, are they specifically talking about advertising on Facebook, or are they talking? They're about talking the, about both. Are they talking They're... about the power of social media? No, both. Go ahead, Jackie. Well, it just says here that he said hits on Facebook are quote unquote free. So that must be. No, the the author takes some liberties with what the guy from Procter and Gamble says to try to make a point. Um, and he says it later too. Um, he says the recent discovery by Bob McDonald, who's the CEO of Procter and Gamble, that digital media is free, and that's where I think it's an exaggeration. The guy from Procter and Gamble is not saying we're going to cut our traditional advertising because social media is free. He doesn't say that anywhere. 
He's saying it's more effective to use Facebook and Google, both in an advertising and a traditional sharing standpoint. My only point was the headline, it does not make sense because free advertising, that's an oxymoron. You can say after discovering it's free to promote, the, the author's trying to have fun. That's all. Fair enough. Okay. The point of this whole story was that Procter & Gamble <laughs> is said it's going to lay off 1,600 people and cut back its advertising um, because they've been getting a lot of heat for how much money they spend on advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, it's been 9 to 11% of their sales. That's huge. That's a huge amount. We're in the wrong biz. Yeah. Well, Procter & Gamble <laughs> needs to do that. But the problem is their sales have only been growing like 4%. So they've been increasing their, their advertising, and it's not showing as a reflection in increased sales. And so uh, they've been coming a lot of heat from, from analysts, from, the, from people who buy and sell the stock and recommend the stock. And so he basically came out and said, um, historically, we've spent 9 to 11% for advertising as a percentage of sales. I believe that over time, we'll see the increase in the cost of advertising moderate. There are just so many media available today, and we're quickly moving more and more of our business into digital. It's in that space. There's a lot of different avenues available. In the digital space, with things like Facebook and Google and others, we find that the return on investment of the advertising, when properly designed, with the big, when the big idea is there, can be much more efficient. So that's the story, and that's the irony is that here you've got what is usually lauded as one of the most sophisticated marketing companies in the <laughs> world kind of coming to the party late and saying, hey, digital, mm-hmm. this looks good, right? So there's a few things in that statement I think are interesting. I mean, one is that you know he's talking about the return on investment of the advertising, which is good. The other is that, that I think is still important is that he says the big idea still has to be there. And I think that's something we try to advocate, that even if you're using social media Mm -hmm. or search engine marketing or digital, you still have to have a big idea. So they they use the Old Spice guy in here as a perfect example of what Procter & Gamble should be doing more of, because that was pure social media, not paid, um, and it had a big idea. And the author snarkily says, the problem is that the entire company isn't doing that. Check out Mr. Clean's Twitter stream, for instance. Oh, right. He doesn't have one. So he's trying to point out that, hey, you've got this. You've got one of the best examples of digital marketing that everybody holds up, which is Old Spice Guy. Why are you not doing this more? What's interesting is that – oh, sorry, Jackie. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Adam. That's fine. You know, ultimately, although Old Spice Guy can be lauded as you know this beacon of how to do things right, I wouldn't be surprised if it if they stumbled into that entirely by accident. I mean, wh- where was Old Spice going as a brand? I mean, it was it had to be on its way out, and maybe it was handed off to some young it was. young team internally. They're like, you know what, this this is dying. Why don't you guys have some fun with it? See if you can. Say, I'm not, I don't know that this happened. This is just my hunch that maybe something like this happened. They're like, go ahead and try this. See what happens. So they took it and had some fun with it, maybe not even knowing what would happen. And this happened and it became, you know, they, they hit on something awesome. So it might have almost been like, right. like a fluke. Um, so that's, that's the difficulty in saying you did, you, you guys did this right now, replicate it over and over again. Um, you know, if they, if, if they can look back on it and say, you know, we're not even sure what we did right there. We, we took a chance with something. We had some fun with it. 
and we got lucky. Um, I'm not, again, not saying that's what happened, but very well could be. Uh, and, and trying to do that again, like with Mr. Clean as the example, you know, you know, it might not work. You know, each of these little brands, the sub brands that Procter and Gamble has is probably going to need something different for every one. Um, mm-hmm. And if they happen to have gotten lucky with one, then it's going to be hard to replicate that across the other brands. I mean, it's it's tricky with any area of marketing, like especially social media, I think, um, to identify what it is that's going to resonate, what it is that's going to work. Um, so it might be a little unfair for the author here to attack them in such a way because... It, it may not have been a stroke of brilliant. Either that or they just need to give it to the same team that did Old Spice and say, hey, apply, apply, your, apply your brilliance to these other areas or just have fun with it and see if you can get lucky again. Yeah. Well, I do. we talked about that story. I do think it was somebody at an ad, a small like little creative shop or digital shop or something that had the idea um, for the Old Spice guy. Or it maybe not the, the original ad, but the idea that really took it to the other level, which was the Twitter right. day where you could ask questions, they would post video responses. That's where it, it blew up beyond even the creativity of the the, the traditional campaign because it was a traditional campaign to start with. So, Jackie? Oh, well, I was just going to say, I think it's so funny that the be- when we first started talking about this, there's like related articles um, one saying one is titled "Why Ad Execs Are Furious After P and G CEO Said Hits on Facebook Are Quote Unquote Free." <laughs> so and then he goes into like this whole article about how he had like 155 people debating in the comments section underneath about how Facebook advertising isn't free. I just think that's funny because yeah. that's well, exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> and to Chris, to your point but, earlier, Chris, I think it's just the author of this article, you know, taking liberties with how he's phrasing this stuff. I mean, when it comes down mm-hmm. to it, the, the, I mean, the power of social media is other people talking about your stuff. It's not your little ad in the sidebar. Um, so that part of social media is free. But to get people to talk about your right. stuff, you know, that you know, may, may be free, but not really. I mean, you're obviously pouring resources into creating whatever it yeah. is that they're talking about, whether it's a product or a service. Uh, so to say any of it is free is certainly a misleading. Right. Well, again, I don't know that he says it's free. That's why I picked this article because I like the guy's kind of snarky attitude. He puts he puts it in an ironic, kind of sarcastic perspective. Like here, you have this giant that's finally acknowledging <laughs> that there are more effective ways to advertise than just blasting Tide commercials over the airwaves, right? Um, and so, you know, but it's it's just a good message for all of us to remember that you know. People are moving this way, and 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 it, we're yeah. talking about a lot of different things in in one breath here: social media, search marketing, online marketing. Uh, you know, all of those things are related, but they're different, and they have different purposes. But I would agree; I wouldn't even say Facebook is free. I mean, if you're doing it right, to his own point, you need to have a big idea or something compelling that doesn't just come out of thin air. Sometimes it does. Yeah, it costs money. But a lot of times you got to be thinking about well, what's the brand positioning, and, and how are we going to use these tools effectively? And um, you know, mm-hmm. certainly there are stories of you know striking oil with little or no effort. Uh, but rarely is it are you that fortunate? You certainly can't count on that well, right. as a as a company like Procter and Gamble t- in a marketing perspective. And using Facebook effectively, you know, may ultimately be not even being there necessarily in terms of, you know, advertising or having, I mean, if you've created something that all of a sudden is a buzz and people are sharing all over Facebook and talking about, 
now you're on Facebook in a very powerful way. And it might be mm-hmm. something that you did in the community that was on a video or, you know, or some, something that you created like the old spice guy where the video is awesome and people are sharing it. Um, so it doesn't even necessarily mean that you've created something on Facebook, uh, to be seriously present on Facebook. It just means you've created something that people want to talk about and that's where they talk about things. Yeah. All right. Well, that's our show. (laughs) (laughs) We're over the half hour. We pumped up Super Bowl. No, no, no. We won't do that to our peeps. We've got to, we got to hit it. It'll just be a longer show. We got to hit it. We'll hit it. We won't even rush through it. We'll try to give it a nice, a nice, those are all good talkers though. So it's all right. Yeah. So let's talk about the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Our Super Bowl ad spectacular. <laughs> what do we got? Who wants to jump in with an opinion or a love or a hate? Oh, I want we all know what Jackie's going to say. Get it oh. out, Jackie, right away. First off, David Beckham and his undies. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. <laughs> pre-used panties. I'm here we come gonna, again. <laughs> I'm not gonna. Well, I mean, that was compelling. I don't care who you are. I'm gonna have uh, to go ahead and agree. I, he, you know, it, I felt what you're I, gonna agree with. That? Yeah, I, I, I'll let me preface it by saying I felt extraordinarily inadequate while watching it. <laughs> um, but me too. That might be, you know, that might be part of its power, I guess, in terms of the messages conveying. Um, yeah, I mean, the dude's a good-looking guy. He's pretty, pretty built. Um, he's got some pretty impressive artwork all over himself. So that made for a apparently nice little, he uh, can bend it. He can bend it. Bend it like Beckham. Uh, I will say that the, the commercial worked because I had a text message immediately following say from a girlfriend saying she was going to go to H&M and buy those promptly. So. And then she's going to put them on her, for her boyfriend. On her boyfriend who weighs like a deuce and a half. Yeah. He's going to be oozing out of those things. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she's going to be this is nothing like that. She'll have the ad playing on her big screen TV and him standing next to the TV. She's like, this is... They can dream. You oversold like this product. <laughs> she's got a magic marker and she's like drawing tattoos on him. Still doesn't look <laughs> like it. Awesome. <laughs> drawing Japanese symbols up his side with a Sharpie. <laughs> no, it was... It so was a, Adam, that was your favorite too, huh? God, no, it wasn't okay, my favorite. Well, I wouldn't say it was my favorite. favorite. I'm just saying it was... It, was, it, was, it wasn't mine It was either. a good ad. I mean... Liar. <laughs> No, it was not my favorite. You'd probably be shocked by my favorite. I don't even know if I want to say my favorite right away without getting into others. Well, why not? Put it out there. We got to cut to the chase. All right, well, here, let me go over my, let me quickly go over my notes here. I, I laughed at a number of them. <laughs> what I'm going to say is I thought a lot of them just didn't really resonate very well um, or missed the mark in terms of connecting the brand um, to what was going on. Or even really connecting the the message of the ad to their brand. The one that I actually thought they've done it a million times, but it it connects the brand to the feeling and it connects the visual. I thought I thought Coke was the one with the stupid bears was probably some of the best ones there in terms of expressing the right vibe for their product, for their brand, for the experience and for connecting the Coke bot. I mean, the, their brand was present throughout the whole ad. There was no question of who it was. The bears resonate. Cause we've seen them a million times. They're still cute. They're still fun. They're still lovable. It's over. They've done it a million times, but I still thought it was probably some of the most effective advertising in, in the whole damn, in the whole damn thing. I don't remember that one. Yeah. It was, oh, there was, was like it, eight of them. Yeah. There's a number of them. Oh, it was a maybe were, I just so used to it. I just grazed over. Yeah, you might have just. Yeah, yeah. It felt like drinking like 
like drinking a Coke with some sugar in it and some syrup poured in. It was so sweet that I was just like, right. But it's Coke. I mean, you know, it's Coke. There's no question of Coke. It's still fun. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's unfortunate that I think that's like the beacon of, of the advertising here. Cause there should be more than that. But so many yeah. other ones missed the mark. You know, I, there well, were, there David were, Beckham, David Beckham. That I thought the same thing. I thought that one did a, that one did a great job. And I'm not saying the other, that all of them suck. There were other ones that, like a number of them literally made me laugh out loud. Like the Chevy one. Um, yeah. With the, you drove a Ford. Yeah. That one was good with the little, apo- oh, like the it whole, was like the apocalypse. Yeah. The apocalypse. And the, the only other thing mm-hmm. that survived other than Fords were, or Chevy's were the Twinkies. I thought that was a nice little right. <laughs> Um I, The one with the college grad thinking he was getting the convertible when they were really giving him yeah. the fridge. That one made me laugh out loud, probably because I'm, you know, only a decade away from that point in my life. <laughs> well, actually, probably a little more than that. I guess I'm 34 now, aren't I? Um, the man's best friend, Doritos one, made me laugh out loud, though I don't know if it was necessarily a great ad, with the dog who was burying the cat and bribed the dude with the burrito, Doritos to not say anything to the, his wife. Um, what else? I think the M&M one was kind of cute. It was interesting that, that was they cute. were targeting, you know, M&Ms, traditionally, you think of M&Ms as kind of targeting kids, and that one clearly is not targeting kids. This is a party where we're getting naked. Um, naked M and M's, though. Keep that in mind. <laughs> well, yeah, but still, the dude is clearly Exposed like, "Oh, milk it's, chocolate. it's that kind of party." All right. Um, yeah, I thought true. the tax act one was actually pretty good. I thought that actually connected the feeling. I mean, they were. You remember that one? The kid peeing in the pool, or he's looking for a place oh, to yeah. pee and ended up jumping back in the pool. And because their point was that it was free, and the feeling of using it is, you know, not overwhelming or burdensome. Um, and I mean, I can imagine their brainstorming session for that one, right? Because they're like, like us sitting around the table. It's like, well, what is, so if we want to convey free, what, you know, what things in life or experiences are like the most like liberating and make you feel the most free and man, (laughs) if like peeing in a pool or skinny dipping, I mean, those are two of the things that are like, I mean, this wasn't skinny dipping, but just as another example, I mean, those are things that like, it's just a weird sensation of this weird freedom. So that I thought was actually pretty well done. Um, hmm. Those are the ones that kind of stood out. I've got, I've got seriously, I've got notes on every single one of them so I can talk. All right. Well, let Jackie, <laughs> let Jackie give hers before you go back over the 200. Well, I, I honestly didn't feel like there were many that just rocked my world, but I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm just waiting for everyone to just be so awesome. But I did like the M&M one. I thought um, I actually just watched it. I didn't see it during the game, but the Dorito Sling Baby was kind of cute. The CGI, yeah. though, it really sucked in that one, didn't it? Really? What? Yeah. If you watch it again, just the the the, the CGI, so the, the, the computer-generated graphics, the way they did the baby, it just really was kind of half-assed. It looked like a low-budget movie rather than, you know, Iron Man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, maybe. I wasn't It was cute. Yeah. That one did make me, you know, smile. I don't know if I laughed, yeah. but I did smile at that one. And there was a um Toyota Camry, I think it was reinvented, and it kind of talked about how they're reinventing everything. Did you Um and it was the baby had like little buttons on it so it didn't poop. That was creepy. I literally and noted that that was creepy. Did you like that one? Did you you thought that one resonated? It was kind of creepy, but that's probably why it kind of resonated. I didn't think it was super funny or anything. Yeah. The, the other issue I had with that one, and I won't dwell on it, is just that I 
it's a weird message for Toyota to try to put out there. Like they're reinventing automobiles or reinventing the experience of owning or buying a car or whatever it is they're reinventing. Cause who the hell thinks of Toyota as reinventing the automobile? I mean, I don't know who, who, who is Tesla. Tesla is somebody who could say they're reinventing the automobile, but Toyota, I don't think so. Sorry. I don't mean to hijack your list. Yeah, maybe. No, no, that's fine. I, um, yeah, I guess I really didn't think any more deeply about that one. <laughs> I just said I thought the ad was kind of interesting and creepy. Um, that was pretty much it. I mean, like I said, not a lot of them like really resonated. A lot of them didn't have like really awesome calls to actions or anything like that, which I know you guys have an article on too. But I don't know. I was I was <clears throat> for the most part kind of unimpressed. Yeah, but. yeah. I I thought there were a lot that tried to make claims that their brand just didn't support. And that's a good example of yeah. one that I that I noted specifically. I was like, "Really? That's what you're. That's where you're going to try to go with that?" Um, yeah. You know, one other one that I will say quick, Chris, before I don't hijack your list either. But I thought MetLife <laughs> did a good job with theirs. Which one was that? They they did so the the ad had all, like, almost every cartoon character you could imagine from your childhood came walking out onto the screen at some point. So there was the Peanuts, He-Man, Scooby-Doo, Jets, at least from my childhood, Jetsons, Grape Ape, just to name a few. <laughs> That's probably like a, a tenth of the ones that were in there. Um, but it was just, you know, when you think of uh, the you know, MetLife, so the product they offer, I mean, you think of you know, analyzing your life and where you've been and where you're going is kind of what it's all about when it comes to, comes to that stuff. So it was interesting how they could, you know, just putting those things up on the screen that make you think of your of your life was an interesting way to you know get there to make that connection mm-hmm. with you and get you thinking about where you've been and then hopefully get you thinking about where you're going and the steps you need to make sure that you take to make sure that you're going to be safe yeah mm-hmm. so i thought that was well done Uh-oh, well go, Chris. oh i didn't have a big <laughs> list of the ones that i have more of like overarching <clears throat> thoughts i mean i'm so done with it's just it just kind of speaks to people's different sense of humor and what works i'm yeah. so done with doritos and i'm so done yeah. with dogs yeah just kill them both off now <laughs> it's because they're but in both cases doritos or dogs it's this soft ah yeah. thing yep. that doesn't work for me and there's so many ads that take that approach yeah. and i and i i just so so that's like half the ads gone out right. for me. Yeah, that's that's a um, huge chunk. But that's of just me. I mean, I know it, I'm not. I tend to be a little more snarky, a little more sarcastic. But um, <laughs> I I noticed. So so also, I'd like to start an official movement to retire the E Trade babies. Oh, we had please. this discussion last year. Yes, please do. And Adam, I think you were like they're done, and, yeah. and Jack and I last year were like no, it was still good. <laughs> Wasn't good this year. No. Totally have stretched that beyond. Yeah. any humor so please be done with that yes. so that's kind of that fits with the dog so, <laughs> that's the so movement. <laughs> no more doritos no more dogs no more babies um monkeys are kind of done think, too Aww. what's that monkeys are kind of overdone too at this monkeys point. monkeys are overdone too yeah dogs so, always appear in beer commercials i know so get done with the beer commercials <laughs> i i did like a beer commercial there was one that was good the budweiser ones uh, the the, the, the retro Budweiser. There was a couple of retro Budweiser. The retro ones. where it like went through. Yeah, the first one was really dumb, and I can't remember what they did. But the second one cut out the dumb part. They had, and it was just like showing people through the yeah. Different days. I thought that it was wasn't a, 
I thought I, I liked that one. It was it, it, it felt epic. I mean, the way that they showed right. those scenes, it wasn't like they were half-assing it. It was like you were there. It was like you went back to the fifties and the sixties and forties, whenever whatever the eras were that they covered. Um, yes, and it fe- and and their message for that one, which was for Bud Weiser, not for Bud Light, because Bud Light also had right. a few too, was delivering great times. I think that's exactly what they said. Um, and that was just perfect. I mean, it res it it. Th- that's a, a an easy message, and or not an easy. They showed it in a very creative, clever way. I mean, it's been done before, yes, but they pulled it off very well. It was very yeah. believable. Mm-hmm. The Bud and Light the, ones the were the fir- ones that were kind of lame. The first version of that was was the uh, prohibition's being reappealed or been yeah. repealed, and <laughs> you know, and, and they're you know, news people are in the street, and and it's mm-hmm. like based on a true story. Yep. And in come the the again the baby dog Clydesdale put them all in a in a island for me because the Clydesdales <laughs> come in, everybody's cheering, and I'm like, it was it was so hokey. Yeah. And, and then the the second one kind of picked up there, yep. and I'm like, no, not again. But then it went through what Adam just described. Yeah. So I like that one, but um, a lot of these, to Adam's point, are creativity without connecting a brand promise. A yeah. great example of that was the Audi Vampire, which. Um, yeah. First of all, I thought it was going to be really snarky because I said, if this is one more cool dude who walks into a party with whatever, tacos, beer, and he's the hero, I'm going to puke. This is yeah. almost right? worse. So, yeah, so it wasn't, well, it wasn't that. It was a twist on it because he, he did that, but then he burned all the vampires, right? Because he turned on his lights. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's funny. That's a surprise. Okay, you know, it was a little long to set that up, but good. But then the whole point of it was Audi's new LED highlights, and I'm like, or headlights. And I'm like, so this whole ad was to promote how bright your headlights are. Is that really something people are going to use right. to buy a car? And who's, I mean, that's all you got. And, and your headlights. Yeah. And we've got those, we've got like the weird Xeon, Xenon lights in our car. And I get flashed all the damn time by people who think I have my brights on. And it's not even their super bright lights, you know? So it's, for anybody who doesn't drive one of those cars, they're going to look at that and think, all right, who's the douche who's driving this car <laughs> whose normal lights are super bright? But the other thing that was a little right. annoying about that one is playing up. I mean, kind of like zombies are overdone right now. Vampires and the whole Twilight thing, that is also extraordinarily overdone uh, right now. So it's kind of like they were leveraging something that's already like, come on, start to reinvent invent the new, the next new cool, th- funky thing that people are yeah. going to talk well, about. Don't reuse zombies and vampires again. I know it's been done, but they were, I think, making fun of that. They yeah. were trying to to say Th- this is overdone problem, cliche, which is why they all died. No, no, I, like I think I wanted to like cheer when all the vampires burned up because it's like yes, that's what we want. We want all the vampires and Twilight lovers to go away. Go. No, I agree. So, I, so I like that part of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I I agree with you there, but the I think the problem is that even showing dislike of those things is is like even overdone. It's like it's like getting into it is cool and being against it is cool. Let's just drop it all together so that you're not in either camp <laughs> because neither one is cool. If you ask me. All right. I've just decided this is going to be our first ever special one hour episode because we have one more to talk about that could take up <laughs> yeah. literally 10 to 15 it's minutes. The one we've been avoiding saving, guess. saving for the end. Well, the I, assume we're the all, room? I assume we're all talking about the same one, which is the Chrysler. Right. Yeah. Imported so, from Detroit. What's that? <laughs> imported from detroit <laughs> for, so i think there's two ways to talk about this one is the whole political part mm-hmm. which let's leave that for a second the other is just if you can put that aside and maybe you can't separate the two 
what is what does that say? I think it's I love that ad. It was by far my favorite. It made me stop. I was in the kitchen. I you know went in the kitchen to do something. I heard it and came back into the room to watch it and was like, what was that? And TiVo you know went back thirty seconds because it totally captured my attention. It's it was done at a completely different level. Uh, I think it has attitude. It said something about Chrysler. Again, if you could put the politics aside, um, I thought it was fantastic from that standpoint. It was clean. So what did you guys toys. think about it from just like we've been talking about? Does it support a brand? Does it break through? That kind of thing. Yeah, I think from that from that angle, if you know, taking the other components out on uh, the, the political side, I think that it's a good ad. I think it's well done. Mm-hmm. Now let's Jackie, did you like it? <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was really good. I think the reason you were in the kitchen and you stopped is just because of Clint Eastwood's voice. Yeah, and, yeah, totally. And it was. It was. So, That's it was all so I heard. Quiet too. I mean, he can be kind of quiet anyway, but it was almost like more quiet and downtrodden yeah. than ever. He right. Usually, so is it was even, like defeated yeah, Clint Eastwood great, almost. Yeah. It's halftime in America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Christ you throw man. the other components in. That's where all right. It let's go, to, Adam. Let's go. Let's do it. 10 minutes. Here's, here's the thing. One, two, three, I go. thought about this quite a bit and I was trying to figure out like what, what it is specifically on the political side that that message just makes me more mad than anything. And I think it has less to do with, you know, all the bailouts that, you know, I don't necessarily support and more to do with some of the messaging that's, um, some of the messaging, there was one thing that was missing from it for me. I mean, it felt a little disingenuous and I think what was missing, <sighs> It feels it feels like this 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 message of encouragement to America that we need to just you know get back get back up and and you know be confident and things will be fine and it refuses to acknowledge that you know things we probably can't just pick ourselves up and and not change in any way and everything's going to be fine you know I think we're living in a day and age where real we need to look at things differently whether it's the global market you know and other you know other people who are making cars or whatever, just doing it better than we are. Um, you know, I just, I don't think we can, I think the best analogy is think of like a, a kid in school who was like the star, he was the star pupil. And then all of a sudden one day he stopped doing his homework and he started just being really arrogant and he started skipping school and all of a sudden, maybe he started doing drugs too. Now, now all of a sudden, <laughs> Is this America? Yes, this is America. Is this kid America? So, and that, so now all of a sudden he's like this kid who has kind of brought this all on himself, you know? Yes, other, other you know, outside forces had an influence on his behavior as well. Um, but so now it's kind of like, it's tough to be, in, you know, yes, it'd be awesome if that kid makes his own mind up that he's going to pick himself back up and do the right thing and get back on the right track and, you know, be the star college student and make his way into life again. But I don't know. I think, but he has to do it and he has to change. And that's what I feel like was missing from this messaging is it, it talked about, we need to pick ourselves up, but it didn't say anything about acknowledging, you know, the realistic sides of how we're going to actually make that happen, I guess. Well, yeah, but I don't think it was, so I don't think you I don't think you expected it to like lay out a plan no, for No, I know, but I your, just I know that's not what you're saying. Right. It's just that I, I think it it's borderline irresponsible to put out messages like that without acknowledging some of the cold hard truth of the matter. I guess that's well that's that's where I have a problem with that with this kind okay. of messaging. 
So, but that's a pretty cynical, harsh view on America. I mean, Not, I agree with you in many really. ways, but there are millions of people who have lost jobs that were doing the right thing. Oh, they didn't start totally. taking drugs yeah, and skipping for school. Sure, and for not sure. I mean, I'm homework. talking about us as a collective. They got screwed. I'm talking about <laughs> right? that, that high school kid represents us as a collective, not individuals. Right. But, but people don't, people are, you know, that ad is for the individual, not the collective. It's for the, it's for the person that lost their job or has been out of work for six months. It's supposed to say, hey, we've been through this shit before. We will get through it again. Yeah. Um, and that's going to resonate with more people than not, I think. I, I, you know, it's, I agree with what you're saying on, on a big scale. Like, we did this to ourselves, and we can argue about why that happened. But most of the people that I mean, are affected by it are not responsible it for it. What's that? I said, I said we probably couldn't argue on why it happened because we'd probably just we'd probably agree on why it happened. Yeah, well, but I mean, other people right. could. I mean, there's lots of obviously viewpoints on why it went the way it did and why we're taking so long to get out of it. But most of the people in this country are victims of it, not causes yeah. of it. And we all have a role to play. Well, yeah, I think that's a little on. Yeah, I, I I agree with you in one sense, but you know, I think we all. You know, whether you, if you look at people who, you know, got into loans for their homes that they shouldn't have got into. Um, but, you know, I, it's like who's, you know, there's the ones, there's the one side that's like, well, you should, you know, yeah, you might have kind of got fast talked into it or convinced by some financial planner that that was the best thing for you to do or the bank convinced you or whoever did or, the, or society at large told you this was the time to buy a house, you know, but then it ended up five years later that your balloon mortgage was something that you couldn't handle. You know, there's part there's a part of us all that we need to take some of that you know personal responsibility on ourselves too. Yeah. Because um, I mean, I was in that you know, I fortunately was able to get out of that situation, but you know, I went th- went through that too with being a homeowner during that period. Um. So I, I I agree, I agree, but I think that you know we all have a role to play. Even even the people who were victims, um, which we all were to one degree or another. You know, in whether or not we were maybe we weren't buying American that that played a role in it, or we're not willing to, you know, pay as much as American products were. So we're buying all sorts of stuff from China or Taiwan, whatever it is. You know, I think it's it's too easy to, you know, look at the people who. It's too easy for anyone to just claim being a victim without claiming some responsibility for it all. And it's easy to point the finger and say, you know, that dude at Enron was the cause of it all, or whatever, um, without no, without know. looking at yourself as well. And I don't I, think that I, I don't think, think you were trying fine. to say the other the opposite. I just it's right. it's tough for me to really support the victim side of it because I think we all had a role in it. But I, I and and I don't want to exaggerate that side of it either. I don't think this was this was <coughs> crying victim. I don't think the ad cried victim even right. to that no, extent. I, I, I think it was just basically we've been through the shitter and we're we're going to pull out of it because that's what we do. <laughs> I mean, it, and and just that at that level. Coming from that guy, um, I don't know. It was powerful to me. I didn't consider it hokey. I didn't consider it disingenuous. Uh, I considered it very real because I think it was honest about what mm-hmm. the situation was, uh, and that it's you know I don't know. It's kind of a little bit. Let me be. Let me paint a political picture here, and this maybe will you know put you in the winning camp, Adam. <laughs> it's a lot of what I would voted for Barack Obama, and a lot of the reasons I voted for him were what I heard in that ad. Right. A realistic assessment of what's going on, a realistic diagnosis of this is not going to be easy, but we can do it. Right. He talked to people in a real way about it, and he wasn't trying to gloss over it or say it's fine, you know. And and so that was really appealing to me. Now, 
what's happened since then, that could be a whole other podcast. Right. But but that's what I got out of it was like somebody's <laughs> being honest about it, but positive. And and that's that's a cool place to be. I also thought, you know, this is to the creative thing. I thought the halftime in America was a cool that was yeah, that's that was, a that's that a cool, cool hook. That was right? that was that mm-hmm. was a good hook. You know, the other yeah. the other beef I maybe have too is is Chrysler being the one to try to claim this messaging. Right. Um it, it's almost inappropriate <laughs> for them to be the ones saying, you know, a company that's had I think been bailed out more than once, if I'm not mistaken, to be the one saying that they're <laughs> yes. you know, that they're not part of the problem here for, you know you know, causing causing some of these troubles at on some level. So it's 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 a good message coming probably from the wrong mouth. So I I'm not sure whose Maybe. mouth it should come from. Mm-hmm. Um and I certainly don't want to see a company like that fail. I mean, considering how many jobs they provide, how many, you know, how much food they put on tables around the country, but huh, yeah, it's it's a it's it's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yep. <clears throat> And this has been the political corner with the bullshit <laughs> interval. Well, that, that this is it's hard. McLaughlin and Group. <laughs> Next issue: Chrysler, Ad. Chris Bevelo, Go. patriotic or pathetic? <laughs> Wrong. Adam Adam Meyer, <laughs> Jackie Jackie Retaco, Retiki Tack Tack Taco. <laughs> Jackie, do you have any do you have any opinion on this one? Um, no. I mean, I always. Uh, <laughs> You just want to go. You, you guys both made good points, but I guess you know I took the more positive approach to the ad. I just thought it was a good message, and the message is, I mean, there's there's a lot of good in the message for sure. There's just yeah. there's some pretty serious areas of flaw in in, in the line of thinking too. Yeah. They just need to be, you know, thought. Well, thought and there's the whole. The whole other political brouhaha. I mean, last time they did this, there was political brouhaha about what you're talking about, Chrysler taking federal bailout money and then talking about it in that way. But this time it got taken to an even greater level because it was Queen Eastwood, and you had Republicans just furious, yeah. like Karl Rove, saying he's a traitor and he just basically endorsed Obama's policies. And, you know, you got to love Queen Eastwood. He's like, whatever. <laughs> Screw you. You can take it however you want. It was an ad. You know, he's basically like... Like, I'm not getting pulled into that, you yeah, jackweeds. If yeah. you want to fight over this, people can use it however you want, is what he said. Yeah. Which is just awesome. Something like that should run for president. Yeah. He's just above all that BS. Well, I, yeah, I was having that conversation yeah. like that with a buddy recently. It's like the, peop- the, pers- the, per- the people you would want as president would never run to be president because they're too busy doing things that actually matter. You know, <laughs> you've got power-hungry <laughs> douchebags who run for, That's you know, who, really end up, who end up you know, in those positions of power because they you know seek power on some level yes you don't get the people who really would do the right thing and you know the vast majority of situations getting in there because (laughs) they just they have no interest in being there yeah all right so thumbs up for clint yep thumbs up for clint thumbs up for the creative approach uh mixed thumbs for what it stood for who said it (laughs) yeah that kind of thing would all very fair stuff Wow, our first hour episode felt yeah. like it went just flew by. I hope that's what the <laughs> listeners thought. You lost me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're still with us? <laughs> I'm still here. All right. Well, I think we probably should wrap it up. Yep. Sounds good. Holy crap. This so list for I didn't realize this that? list on uh USA Today was the list we were kind of looking at for how they were ranking these things. I didn't realize it went all the way up to 
56 ads. Is that it? Yeah, I think there are more than that, though. I thought there were like 80-some total by the whatever official count I saw somewhere else. Right. But might I just say, though, when I look at the last before we close, GoDaddy, the GoDaddy <laughs> ads are really dis- no. the GoDaddy ads are really disgusting. Um, well, get, that needs to just stop already. Well, you know, and let's con- compare that with like the um, Beckham ads. I mean, they're both clearly using sex to sell something, but one mm-hmm. did it in a way that was kind of artistic and, and kind of and had an element of class and tastefulness to it versus another one that was just sexist and disgusting and not, does not did not inspire confidence at all on any level. Yeah. They claim it helps their sales. Well, I, I don't know who the hell is buying domains. Yeah, if it's people buying porn domains, which probably is, a, well, clearly is a huge market. So no, they're, they're, I, Their target audience has got to be male techies. Yeah, yeah, dudes still, who don't ever leave the basement of their mom's house. <laughs> wow. I would still put that in the hey, in, in the camp, techie. though, Chris, with babies and dogs and everything. Though that just kind of is overdone, and I know, but that doesn't bother me as much. I mean, it doesn't. Oh, I'm sure it doesn't. <laughs> it's not. No, I mean, it's not like I love those, but it's not like cloying and okay. Yeah. I want to puke when I see it. It's not oh, good. I, I don't. Do. It doesn't turn me on, or I don't think it's effective, but. I don't know. Yeah, I could see him go fine. Add it in there. Dogs, dogs, Clydesdales, puppies, and breasts, babies, GoDaddy, <laughs> and Doritos, and Doritos. All of those gone. I'm so tired of those. They're overplayed. Mm-hmm. Overstayed their welcome. Yes. As have we. <laughs> yeah. So, for <laughs> arrogant healthcare marketing bastards, this is Chris Bevelo, Jackie Retackle, and Adam Meyer. Hopefully you got in a traffic jam (laughs) and you can hear this whole thing. Otherwise, we'll talk to you next week.